This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we talk with Terry Lang at the weather office about today's bitterly cold weather and the coming break from these frigid temperatures. We also highlight the January weather stats, which show average temperatures, but much drier than usual for Regina and parts of southern Saskatchewan. There was violence and farm tractors involved in a Coots border crossing trucker protest in Alberta yesterday. We also hear about possible shortages of some farm chemicals this spring. We have the latest update on cattle markets across Saskatchewan during the past week. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Environment Canada says today's bitterly cold weather will moderate over the next few days. Weather Office meteorologist Terry Lang says the thermometer could reach the zero Celsius mark by later in the weekend. There is an end, she says, to the current cold snap. Well, thankfully not too long. Um, We'll probably see temperatures recover somewhat uh, on Thursday, but again, it's going to be cold Friday morning, and then we'll see a gradual warm-up towards the weekend, and it looks like it could even be above seasonal averages uh, by early next week. So how mild are we talking for the weekend and next week? Well, it's trying to hover near the zero mark, maybe even above. However, not all the weather models are predicting it to be that warm, so uh, we'll keep an eye on it. And, of course, we always have that plus one at the end of the forecast just to give people hope, you know? <laughs> what about next week, a little later in the week and beyond? Well, weather pattern is kind of variable. You know, that jet stream is still sitting sort of close by, hovering nearby. And, of course, we, we once we get on one side, the warm side, it's, it's okay, but sometimes it slips back down into the cold side. So that kind of back and forth pattern looks like it's con- going to continue into the next uh, seven to ten days. And then beyond that? Well, February uh, is calling for below average temperatures and above average precipitation. That's the monthly forecast, keeping in mind that it's more of an educated guess than anything else. So it doesn't mean it won't get cold, doesn't mean it won't get warm. But but at the end of the month, the, the forecast is for colder than average. But the above average precipitation would be good news for the farmers because uh, we could sure keep building that snowpack. Yeah, there's pretty good snowpack in much of the province. Just how does it look? You've got some January stats out now. What what are they telling us? First off, let's start with temperature. What's it telling us? Well, as usual, the temperature doesn't tell the whole story about what happened during the month because we actually came out very close to average or just slightly below average for January. We all remember how cold it started, and then we got into these big warm-ups, and then we're sort of seesawing back and forth. So if you look at the temperature chart, it's up and down very much. So when we say, oh, it's close to average temperature, you, you forget all those highs and lows that were in there. So, and that was the same for, uh, for much of the province. 
You see Regina's mean temperature, minus 14.8. The normal is minus 14.7, so it's the 48th warmest. Moose Jaw had similar stats, although they're 2.5 degrees warmer than Regina during January. Yeah, there's, that's where, uh, when I was talking about that jet stream, the way it was sitting, if you got on the warm side, you kind of benefited from that. But if you got on the colder side, then, uh, you know, it, it, it was a little bit, you know, that the temperatures were brought down, the averages were brought down. So, you know, in comparing, though, they had, you know, similar rankings when it came to uh, how cold they were. Tell me about the precipitation stats for January. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us what where the low-pressure systems that bring all the snow we're tracking. Uh, it's very consistent. All the low-pressure systems seem to enter around west-central Saskatchewan, uh, move eastward, then kind of take a little bit of a right and dive towards the uh, the southeast corner there. So anybody that was in that swath uh, actually saw some good amounts of snow. But if you were to the north, not so much, and the southwest is still dry, unfortunately. But I understand the northern grain belt, there's lots of snow in some parts. Definitely the Meadow Lake, North Battleford, Prince Albert areas really reporting um, quite a bit of snow, which is good news for those folks up there considering how dry it's been. When can we hope to hear what the long-range outlook reaches for our spring and summer? Well, the, uh, the spring forecast, the official one, will come out at the end of the month because we consider spring, March, April, May. The January weather statistics show precipitation in Regina was 10.2 millimeters. That's only 67% of the normal 15 millimeters for January. Moosejaw had slightly less with moisture down 47% from normal. Regina had its 51st driest January in 129 years. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Negotiations are continuing at the Coots border crossing south of Lethbridge, Alberta, to end a blockade at the border that started on the weekend. Traffic on both sides of the busy border crossing has been blocked for days because of the protest, which the RCMP say is completely illegal. Until yesterday, officers refrained from taking any major action against the drivers of hundreds of vehicles at the crossing. But yesterday morning, dozens of additional officers were called in to start to get the vehicles moving away from the crossing. By early afternoon, several had left, but then a new blockade was created by drivers sympathetic to the cause. It included trucks and several farm vehicles and tractor. Premier Jason Kenney spoke about the situation during a news conference last night. The Premier says he was told by the RCMP that at least one officer was assaulted. Kenny said he received reports from the scene of people aligned with the protesters assaulting RCMP, including, in one instance, trying to ram members of the RCMP, later leading to a collision with a civilian vehicle. This kind of conduct is totally unacceptable. Assaulting law enforcement officers who are simply doing their job to maintain public safety and the rule of law uh, is completely unacceptable. And without hesitation, I condemn uh, those actions and I call for calm amongst anybody who feels sympathetic uh, to those engaged in this blockade. Please uh, stay away from the area. Uh, please do not uh, further intensify an, an already difficult situation. Uh, the police have a job to do. Uh, and I implore people, if you feel strongly about the issues involved, I invite you, encourage you and welcome you to find peaceful and lawful ways uh, to make your point clear. You have democratic rights, like freedom of expression, freedom of assembly, 
uh, and freedom of, uh, of speech and protest, which you can exercise in countless ways without uh, creating public safety hazards and creating this kind of unlawful conflict. Albertans respect the rule of law, and uh, all Albertans are expected to uh, respect uh, the, the rules of the road, uh, including those who are participating in this blockade. The blockade began last Saturday as a show of support for the massive rally in Ottawa and the opposition towards the federal government's COVID vaccine mandate for truck drivers coming into Canada. It is still continuing. And we have this late breaking news. We've just heard Aaron O'Toole, the leader of the Progressive Conservative Party, has stepped down as leader. This comes after a vote of non-confidence was passed by a majority of caucus members. We'll have more details on the 1 o'clock news. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. This week, it is uh, really a, a huge amount of farmers, well, ranchers and feed yard operators, people involved in the packing industry have convened into Houston, Texas for the NCBA cattle convention. Super jealous I am not there. But somebody that is on the ground and will update us on all the happenings is Greg Henderson. He is editor of Drovers. Hey, Greg, how are you? Sean, I'm great. How are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Super jealous, super jealous. So, hey, what- well, you know, the, the the weather is much better than than where you are and from my Kansas City home. But it's for Houston people, it's not great weather. It's like you know, in the 50s and rainy, and there's a storm moving through here, and it's going to dump on the plains. So, you know. Don't be too jealous. <laughs> there you go. So, so Greg, what, what's been some of the big points of uh, discussion? We have, uh, you know, not only is there U.S. officials that, of course, go to the meeting, but there's also Canadian as well as Mexican officials that go as well. What's been kind of the big takeaways right. here early in this convention? Right, right. So we haven't had a marketing committee meeting yet. Uh, that's later this afternoon, but I know that there's been a lot of buzz, uh, you know, at the convention among the Cowboys, the the people that are on the committee and those just like us, just the, you know, media watching what's going to happen. Are they going to get behind the Grassley, um, Fisher compromise bill that has been introduced that would, uh, mandate 50% of the cash cattle trade be in a cash basis, uh, rather than all of these marketing arrangements. Um, there's two, two, uh, groups. There's the, uh, Iowa, uh, Nebraska group who wants to support the Fisher Grassley bill. And then Kansas, Texas got a contingent of more, uh, corporate, uh, larger feed yards that would be in the other camp. So, uh, there's a lot of buzz around that. We don't know really what's going to happen yet and what kind of compromise, if any, is going to come out of this. But, uh, it's certainly taking a lot of the oxygen, uh, right now and at, at convention. Yeah, for for sure, and and those geographical dis differences have really existed from the beginning. You know, going back to that fire in Kansas uh, about what should be done about this, and those like th- those lines have been drawn for quite some time, have they not? Well, they have been drawn for a long time, and it's you know it's basically the size of the feed yards 
and the fact that there are more independent uh, cattle feeders in Iowa, Nebraska, eastern Nebraska, than there are in the plains. Uh, and there's more corporate guys in the plains. It's just it's just the way, the nature of the business. So uh, one of the interesting things, Sean, and I, I, I'm going to change the subject on you a little bit here, yeah. because uh, Tony Romo, the former uh, Dallas Cowboy quarterback, who's now a uh, 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 football commentator for CBS Sports, has been named as the new uh, beef it's what's for dinner checkoff advertising spokesman, which is interesting because we haven't had a spokesman for years, uh, maybe decades, uh, a celebrity spokesman. So I think there's a lot of uh, uh, positive vibes around that. You know, he's a football player. He's, he's a popular guy uh, and, um, you know, carries, carries some weight. So it's interesting that we've done that. It would be great to see Tony. You're right. He does. Uh, he is the color commentator, the main one with Jim Nance on CBS for the football coverage. It'd be great to see him with a beef. What's for dinner pin? Maybe on a suit jacket on a broadcast or something like that. Well, it would. It would. He has uh, committed to uh, uh, at least for a year, is what we've been told. Um, and my memory is the last person who was a celebrity sponsor of beef was um, James Garner, the actor. Oh, and yeah. then before him was Sybil Shepherd, which was really back in the eighties. So it's been a long time. Sybil Shepherd was. I didn't know that. Wow, that's that is. Yeah, I think oh, she was one back. of the first uh, one of the first uh, celebrity sponsors. Uh, so yeah, long time ago. Is, is trade taking up much of the oxygen in the room at all, or is it more on some of these domestic issues? It's more on the domestic issues. Uh, the the trade is that uh, you know. The U.S. is on pace, but they've exceeded $10 billion. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 26. Wind chill, minus 34 this afternoon. The low, minus 33, with the temperature rising to minus 27 by morning. Wind chill, minus 46 tonight, minus 41 overnight. Thursday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of light snow. Wind southeast, 30, becoming light near noon. The high, minus 17 Thursday, the low, minus 32. Friday, increasing cloudiness, high, minus 19. Evening flurries, low, minus 19. Saturday, cloudy, high, minus 13, low, minus 17. Sunday, sunny, the high, minus 4, the low, minus 7. Monday, partly cloudy, the high, plus 2, the low, minus 4. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high zero. Normal high for this date, minus 9. The normal low is minus 21. The sun rose at 8.32 this morning. It sets at 5.52 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is Valmarie in the southwest corner at minus 20. The cold spot up north Uranium City at minus 37. Estevan is minus 26. 
Saskatoon minus 31, Swift Current minus 25, Weyburn minus 28, Yorkton also minus 28. In Regina, Sunny and minus 28, that's 18 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north, northwest at 20, giving a wind chill right now of minus 40 degrees. Humidity is 68%, the barometer rising 104.4. Sunny and Moose Jaw minus 25, winds are from the west, northwest at 18. Once again, Regina, Sunny and minus 28, that's 18 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. A two-year study has been working on developing a recommended forage blend using meadow brome grass and Siger milk vetch for stockpile grazing. The work has been ongoing at the Livestock and Forage Center of Excellence near Clavette. David McTaggart, a second-year master's candidate at the Crop Development Center, says the mixture can produce consistent forage yields. Meadow brome grass, it's late season forage quality based on its ability to stay green and also its large amount of basal leaves. So that helps to reduce its fiber content. And Sicer milk vetch maintains its quality moving into that fall and early winter period by holding on to its leaves after a hard frost, in contrast with alfalfa that tends to drop its leaves. McTaggart says stockpile grazing is an option to reduce winter feed costs. Stockpiling is allowing your pastures to grow for some portion of the latter half of the growing season. As a general rule in Western Canada, we typically say after the 1st of July, you let your pasture grow for the rest of the growing season. And then you come back at it in the fall or the winter and graze it a second time. And there's lots of flexibility that can exist within that definition. The study had two main goals. The first was determining if the blend was better seeded in mixed or alternating rows. Alternating rows offered generally a higher yield in your forage stand. Alternating rows always had a higher proportion of or milk fetch in your harvested forage. And at last, alternating rows had a lower fiber content than mixed rows, especially when we're dealing with that more mature forage at the stockpile cut. The second objective was the seeding ratio between the two forages. In comparison to the monocultures, we saw that high or milk fetch mixtures had fair to superior yield. When you seeded down more or milk fetch, you got more or milk fetch harvested. And what did that result in? Well, that saw that high or milk fetch mixtures generally had higher protein content and lower fiber content. Another part of McTaggart's research is broadening the, ge- the genetic diversity of Sicer milk vetch. By helping improve its fall regrowth, uh, so we can take advantage of higher stockpile yields and late season precipitation, and also for Sicer milk vetch to improve its rate of germination. Because that, as we've heard many times, is something that has um, kept Sicer milk vetch from being adopted more. Breeding better forage varieties is a lengthy process. For our nutritional value, we're going to be incorporating that second year of data so we can have some more clear and reliable recommendations for farmers. And then from there, it'll be spreading the message more about that on uh, good seeding practices as far as the configuration of your drill and the ratio of what's between these two species and getting that out. So that's um, 
there'll be more extension and tech transfer coming on there. David McTaggart is a second year's master's candidate at the University of Saskatchewan's Crop Development Centre. He worked on a project to improve metal brome grass and sizer milk vetch for stockpile grazing. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. AgriVisions is coming back to the Lloyd Minster Exhibition. The show runs February 9th and 10th and will feature a trade show and a number of guest speakers. One of those speakers is sprayer expert Tom Wolf. Wolf describes some of his presentation. We're going to be talking about the possible implications of having a shortage of pesticides available uh, when the spraying season begins. As we know, glyphosate, for example, uh, has increased in price by a factor of about three since uh, this time last year. And uh, there's talk that glufosinate, Liberty, a popular canola herbicide, will also be in short supply, as, as will some others. We're going to try to find out what we can do about uh, making the best use of what we do have using spray technology. Wolf explains why there are some chemical shortages. Well, we've all been using the word, the term supply chain, you know, and it is involved in that. It's a little bit more complicated than that. There's been a general drawdown of inventories across warehouses in North America for some years now because they were carrying too much. And then we had a record year of cropping a couple of years back that actually drew the supplies down significantly, even though they were already razor thin. And then combine that, of course, with the shipping and all the other issues we hear about, uh, international shipping across oceans and sea cans has been affected with ports not being able to handle that. So there is pro- there is material. Uh, it, may, it may simply may not be able to be shipped. Wolf says the upcoming Olympics in China might also be a factor in the potential shortage of pesticides this spring. The Beijing Olympics have caused China to mandate a 90% reduction in their use of what's called yellow phosphorus. And phosphorus is an ingredient in glyphosate and glufosinate, and they are a major manufacturer of both of those products. So they're trying to keep their air clean uh, for the, the public that's arriving now. And, uh, and that has meant loss of production capability. That's Tom Wolf, one of the guest speakers at AgriVisions in Lloydminster next Wednesday and Thursday. Feeder cattle prices were mixed during the past week. Saskatchewan Livestock Development official Lexi Hicks-Maxa says steers were mostly lower, while feeder heifers were up and down. This past week, the feeder steer prices were down across all of the reported weight categories. Prices range from 238.57 per hundred weight for the 4 to 500 pound weight category to 185.83 per hundred weight for the 900 plus pound weight category. The smallest price decrease was seen in the 5 to 600 pound weight category with a price decrease of about 69 cents per hundred weight to average the week off at 224.31 per hundred weight. The largest price decrease was seen in the 6 to 700 pound weight category with a price decrease of $3.81 per hundred weight to average the week out at 206.19 per hundred weight. When looking over at the average weekly prices for SASC feeder heifers, we saw both ups and downs across the reported weight categories. 
Prices ranged from 197.67 per hundredweight for the three to 400 pound weight category to 168.88 per hundredweight for the 800 plus pound weight category. The largest price increase reported was seen in the four to 500 pound weight category with an increase of $1.32 per hundredweight to average out the week at 202.07 per hundredweight. And the largest price decline was seen in the three to 400 pound weight category with a decrease of $11.08 per hundredweight to finish the week off at 197.67 per hundredweight. And what were the factors affecting the feeder cattle prices this past week? Well, right now we are keeping a close eye on many different events that are factoring into the cattle market. Everything from snowfall and precipitation to trucking availability to the feed shortages and of course the overall cost of feed. What were marketings? So Canfax reported a total of 14,589 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan this week, which is down from the 18,718 head during the week ending January 21st, but higher than the 9,094 head marketed during the same week in 2021. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Well, we saw an increase in the fed cattle price for Alberta fed steers this week. There was a small increase of about 70 cents per hundredweight from January 21st to average out at 160.99 per hundredweight on January 28th. When looking at the call cow market, the price of D2 slaughter cows saw a price increase of $1.72 per hundredweight from January 21st to average out at $79.14 per hundredweight. While the price of D3 slaughter cows saw a price increase of $3.42 per hundredweight from January 21st to average out at $69.42 per hundredweight. Lexi Hicks-Maxa compiles the weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Update with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for Durham fell 1837 at $670.98. Canola gained $1.90 at 95732. One red spring wheat went up 66 cents at 423.16. The rest unchanged. Feed barley 377.37. Flax 1273.74. Lentils 880.50. Oats, 471.53, yellow peas, 635.89, and feed wheat, 261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat rose 9 cents at 9.24 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Hi, Renee from the Auction Martin Assiniboy with the market report from our last regular sale. We had 363 cattle at this sale. D1, D2 cows averaged 74, up to 88. D3s averaged 55, up to 65. And your canner cows, 20 to 40. Heifer rats averaged 101, and the good ones up to 143. Your slaughter bulls were at 95 and up to 113. This has been your market report, and thank you from for your support. Cinnaboy Livestock Auction. Have a good day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,200 hogs Tuesday. 
selling in a range of $189 to $204 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,700 head, selling in a range of $190 to $203 per CKG. Hamps number one solids this week are steady, selling in the range of $33 to $0.40 cents per pound live weight. Hamps cash flow price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar was up 16 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2694. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at $78.86 U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed midweek. The Western Corn Belt continues to seesaw and is $9.68 U.S. 100 weight higher than the previous day, while continuing the volatile pattern seen in the uncommitted hog market. Despite the back and forth, the region continues to tack higher as the trend week over week. National is 97 cents higher than previous day and maintains an upward trend so far this week, but the cutout adjusted region is backing off and is 36 cents lower compared to previous day. Daily cutout values have drifted lower so far this week, and while loins continue to make week-over-week gains, hams have made a notable move lower and are presently priced 9% below the five-year average. Meanwhile, lean hog futures contracts continue to make daily gains, with April to December contracts once again making new contract highs so far in the session. For Canadian producers, the net result is the highest contract levels for a 35-week contract on record, including 2014. The 35-week contract today is about 35% higher than normally seen in this marketing week and approximately 30% higher than the five-year comparable average cash over the same time frame. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. A new bison herd has been successfully established in the key First Nation near Norquay, about 290 kilometers northeast of Regina. The 40 Plains Bison marks a historic moment for the key First Nation, which has worked closely with Parks Canada and the Nature Conservancy of Canada to return the culturally significant animals to their traditional land. Bison are an iconic symbol of the grasslands and once numbered in the tens of millions and were a staple food for Indigenous people. A total of 20 Plains Bison from Grasslands National Park and 20 from Old Man on His Back Prairie and Heritage Conservation Area in Saskatchewan were moved to the key First Nation lands. The Saskatchewan government is accepting applications for the Community Airport Partnership Program. Under the program, communities can apply for up to $275,000 in grants for rehabilitation and improvements. Highways Minister Fred Bradshaw says community airports are important to the provincial economy and support services like air ambulance and firefighting. In the budget, a record $1.5 million for 17 community airports was provided in the 2021-22 budget. The application deadline for the community airport improvement funds, March 13th. On the markets, the TSX is up 82 points at 21,000. 401. The Dow is up 85 points at 35,490. Oil is down 53 cents at 87.67 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up to one hundredths of a cent at 78.82 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. 
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.